Hey guys, Ben back here for Next Level Radio, bringing you yet another guest spotlight, and this one is definitely one of my personal favorites. This time around, Adam and I got to speak with Kevin Murphy of Rift Tracks fame, and if you've ever seen the TV show Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know who Kevin Murphy is. He is the voice, the genius behind Tom Servo. Uh, Kevin was a lot of fun to talk to. He gave us some great insight into the inner workings of Rift Tracks and reminisced with us a little bit about Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, he also discussed with us a few of the Rift Tracks upcoming live events that are coming up as well as going into how kickstarter has been extremely helpful uh being able to help them do some of these live events that they have planned make sure you check out www.rifttracks.com uh show these guys the support that they deserve and uh keep an eye out for these upcoming uh live rift tracks i've been to a bunch of them they are a lot of fun we had a little bit of a choppy connection every once in a while but i think that was on our part with the internet being a little choppy we fixed it as best we can so we apologize for that in advance make sure you check us out live every Sunday night, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time to 8 o'clock Standard Time. Make sure you check out our website, www.nextlevelradioonline.com. Follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio. And until the next guest spotlight, enjoy this interview with Kevin Murphy. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another guest spotlight right here on Next Level Radio. I am Ben Beck, joined by my co-host, Adam Gorey. And to say we are excited to speak with our guest tonight would be a major, major understatement. So going back to about 1995, 1996, I remember sitting on my couch, flipping through the channels one night, and I came across this really horrible movie called Alien from L.A. starring Kathy Ireland. Except something was different about it this time. Uh, there was some added commentary, and that added commentary was coming from three silhouettes at the bottom of the screen. Uh, and the commentary that was coming from these three silhouettes were hysterical. Thus, my love for Mystery Science Theater 3000, the television show, was born. And now, even though the show is no longer on the air, the humor is still going strong with Rift Tracks, which was created by some of the creators of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And tonight, we are joined by one of the creators and one of the current members of Rift Tracks. Again, allow me to hold back my excitement just a little bit. As we welcome to the show Mr. Kevin Murphy. Kevin, how are you this evening? Ben, Adam, I am swell, and thank you for having me on your show. It is an absolute pleasure. Um, as I said, you probably are able to guess I'm a huge fan. Uh, I, I, came across, I came across Mystery Science Theater purely by accident, but I became an instant fan, and I've been a fan ever since. Uh, I've, and know, the first episode you saw was Alien from L.A., and you still stuck with the show. <laughs> yes, wow. it was Alien from L.A., and I stuck with it. Uh, that was a bad one. It was, but you know what? I think that's what makes it so great is the fact that it was mm-hmm. bad, but it just mm-hmm. – sometimes the, the bad, the better. It's, yeah. it's true. So uh, I've been a fan for years, and it's one of those things that as weird as it may seem, uh, and it's so different um, – the show itself was so different that at least in my case, it's one of those things you always remember your first – uh, sure. And you know, and mystery and Alien from LA was my first, so I I do remember that. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I can safely say that there was nothing like it on television at the time. Um, I mean, I remember you know, one of the inspirations for the show in the first place um, with Joel was uh, <clears throat> we all grew up with these things, these hosted movies, you know, creature features or Elvira. Um, in Chicago, we had this guy named Sven Gulli who'd come out. And they wouldn't take any of this stuff seriously. 
and uh, and they would host the show. And then so Joel just sort of said, well, why don't we just bring that one step further and bring the movie host into the theater to watch the movie with you? And that's simply what it was born out of. And what it generated into was something that everybody does anyway, which is talking back to your TV set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Personally, when I'm watching movies, sometimes, you know, <clears throat> I try not to, to talk too much during movies, but sometimes there's little snippy comments you make. I nowhere near able to make as many as you guys do and at least funny ones mine are probably <laughs> terribly stupid um I, no I, no not at all not at all <laughs> i remember when i was younger um i'm only 27 so i remember when i was younger watching mystery science theater with my dad um you know and that's always a, a memory i'll have uh how does it feel you know knowing that you're a part of people's memories and and essentially you know kind of part of their family in a way you know, it's really cool. It's it's uh, sort of humbling. It's 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 freaky and wonderful, because I grew up with I call them pajama shows. You know, you'd come down the uh, stairs on Saturday morning before your uh, dad would make you go out and mow the lawn, and you'd sit in your pajamas and watch these dumb shows, or you'd stay up late and watch and do the same thing. But right. they're pajama shows. They're just things that you'd you know you'd goof off to, and you'd remember them, and they'd have this lasting impression on your childhood, probably more than just about any other programming. So <clears throat> that's what. That's what mystery science theater is for a lot of people, and that's that's really kind of cool. And and Adam, to hear you say that you uh, started watching with your dad or with your parents is is so great. We I, I keep on meeting people when we go to events and conventions, and uh, and we do these live shows who are saying, "Yeah, I started watching it with my father." And now the freaky thing is, I'm starting to hear, "Yeah, I started watching it with my grandpa." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I even uh, actually spoke to my dad earlier today, and he said that, I, at least where he's at, he still gets a few episodes of Mystery Science Theater on TV once in a while and still watches Great. it when it's on. Our cable doesn't get it, unfortunately. I wish I really wish it did, but... Uh, well, um, yeah, it's still on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even realize that. Okay, well, now, getting into the current uh, iteration with Rift Tracks that was created yeah. back in 2006, and... Obviously, has been going strong with the help of yourself, along with Mike Nelson and Bill Corbett. Uh, the only difference now is that you're um, mainly riffing more modern films, you know, such as Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Marvel catalog, uh, Twilight, Day After Tomorrow, as well as many others. Um, you know, for, and for me personally, uh, with Mystery Science Theater, and you guys kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, I probably would not have watched many of those movies if you guys weren't commenting on them. You know, some oh. of them were just so bad. Um, yes. And with the newer stuff, you know, that I've already seen and loved, a lot of the movies that you guys have been riff, or riffing, um, is it any harder for you personally riffing a movie that you enjoy or maybe a blockbuster film like The Avengers compared to some, you know, some of the really bad movies that are out there? Well, here, here, I'll make you a distinction. The, the, the blockbusters, it depends on the blockbuster because a Michael Bay film, um, it's like pulling hairs out of your nose with a tweezers. <laughs> That's how much those things hurt because the guy, he can't edit. I'm sorry. You know, he can't, he can barely shoot. He can't edit. You know, it looks like, um, all the pieces were thrown into the air and then he sort of gathered them up and printed them. Um, and so those are really hard because, um, with the old films we did, and, and by the way, Rift Tracks, if you look at our site, we actually have a lot of the MST-style cheesy old films now because people love them so much. We have those and we have shorts. But then we have these MP3s that you download with a movie, and that's how we get away with that. Um, but um, the, the newer the film, the more they try to jam into 
the the scene. You know, there'll be well, there used to be like four or five edits in a, a typically cheesy eighty science fiction film. There'll be like seventy five edits in a current um, science fiction film or action film. Um, yeah. The films have gotten more frenetic, more frantic, and I think it has to do with the extremely limited attention span that people have these days where they used to not have that. You know, people would sit down and read Moby Dick. Now they read tweets. So yeah. there's a big difference there. Yeah. So that's been a challenge. Um, but then we get these beautiful gems like Twilight, <laughs> which is like, oh, it's like sweet heroin for us. It really is. Yeah. It just, it just it, there's, there's nothing. It's like the perfect, perfect sort of film for us. Yeah, it's hard uh, not to riff it. <laughs> right, right. And the films we got lined up um, right now for our live shows, um, Sharknado, then um, uh, Godzilla in August, and then hopefully, hopefully Anaconda, Anaconda in October. October. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla's going to be the most challenging of all because it, it has that sort of frenetic editing to it. But we did a great job of Starship Troopers, so I think we'll have fun with that. Yeah, Sean, uh, I can't so, wait for Sharknado. <laughs> thanks. It's it's really helpful because I don't like any of these films, except <laughs> except for Anaconda. I have this fondness for it because it's it's a classic old bad film. Right. Um, so in that way, yeah, I do have a fondness for it, but it's still fun to you know take its pants down and laugh at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, Sharknado is just you know it's it's wonderful. It's funny because I I read all the stuff in the in the press about this being an intentionally bad film or an ironically bad film. And I don't know if that's true. I mean, the bottom line is, if you set out to make a bad film and you succeed, you still simply made a bad film. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it, it, it's you know. sci-fi. It's from sci-fi too, and a lot of their stuff has that. Kind yes. Of yeah. And I read, I read some it was with a director um, who talked about his um, uh, evolution into making these films. And he sounds clueless. And, and when you watch the film, <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, he, he has that. It, it's actually, I think it's an old Ed Wood editing style where if you have to show some action, what you do is you cut away from the action like five or six times. And then you pretend that the action just happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. that's what Sharknado's all about. You never really see much going on except for those few glory shots where they had the money to actually, you know, show the sharks eating people. Um, and the rest of it is just like confuse a vision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Sharknado is one of those movies that it was, it's on my list to, it, well, it was on my list to watch just because I had heard how bad it was and I wanted to see it. Just, I wanted to yeah. see for myself. But once I heard that you guys were doing the riffing of it in July, yeah. I purposely yeah. waited. I, I did not want to oh, see it. Oh, bless your heart. Because Good I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. We, we provide a service, a service for people. We keep Hollywood safe for this crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, it, you guys started the uh, talking about the live, uh, you know, the riff tracks live. You guys started them back in two thousand nine, and I'm proud to say yeah. I have seen all of them. Um, wow! You know, you started with Plan Nine from Outer Space in August of two thousand nine. Right. Um, yeah. You've done House on Haunted Hill, Reef uh, for yep. Madness, Manos, yep. The Hands of Fate was fantastic. Thank you. Um, Night of the I Living. I hate that film. I really, really, <laughs> really hate that film. But, wow. But what you guys do to it makes people love it, and I think that's the best part. Uh, it is. It's like, it's, you know, we use humor for the avoidance of pain. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Sharknado is, is a painful film, so uh, it is our job to make the film much less painful. I was going to say, some of the movies are hard to watch. Without oh, you guys yeah. there, at least, they would be hard to, hard to yeah. watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, does the way you prepare for a riff uh, 
differ? Like, if you were doing it for the studio for the MP3 compared to when you do it for live? Yeah, it does. Um, when people in small groups or um, by themselves in front of the TV, um, the jokes can be a lot more rapid fire because um, you can you can hook into it and you can you can um, follow it a lot easier. But when you get to a live audience, um, we spread it out a little bit more because we want people to have the opportunity to laugh at something and not. I've heard it before when we first started doing this. We had too many jokes sometimes, and you'd hear people, they'd start to laugh, and then they'd stop themselves so they could hear what we were going to say yeah. next. Okay. Um, and the films don't always cooperate with us. You know, it's, I, I'd say that the perfect film for us acts like Margaret Dumont does to the Marx Brothers. You know, sets up the joke, and then we deliver the punchline, and then there's a laugh, and then there's the next one. But, but films, the films don't behave that way for us often, except... For Twilight, yeah. which was <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I know in the case of Night of the Living Dead, uh, you, you know, trying to do too many jokes at one time so people have to stop laughing. Sometimes that mm-hmm. that doesn't always uh, occur that way. I know just from a personal experience, uh, and my friend, uh, a friend of mine who was with me, can definitely attest to this. During Night of the Living Dead, it was one of the stupidest punchlines that you guys had done, and no <laughs> offense intended. You know, it was just one okay. of the, the most stupidest things. It was you just had you had Barbara walking towards the wall, and you're just like la la bonk. That line, I, I think, floored me for five minutes straight. Like I had tears in my eyes. I don't know what it was about that particular line. I and, think I can tell you. I have a theory about this. It's exactly what you were thinking at the time we did it. Most likely, so it's, yeah. It's what you call, in the back of your head somewhere, you had this going on. It's like this Jungian thing. We call them psychic lawn darts. We suddenly hit you with something that you were probably thinking of, and then it's immediately recognizable. And you say, yeah, that's, that is exactly the right thing to say at the right time. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it brings the house down. And that was one of those. Yeah, that was yeah, just... And- it had me floored for at least a good three minutes. It's... Yeah, it's sticking to Night of the Living Dead. Um, actually, funny enough, I had never seen that before watching the Rift Tracks. <laughs> um, but I, I think what, what makes them, some of them are, are so funny is that you guys are so observant. You know, there was the one scene uh, in the house where he had just said he boarded up all the windows or all the doors and windows, <laughs> except the window right behind him. <laughs> It's completely yes. unboarded, and, and you exactly. I think yeah. had mentioned that. And it's like, yeah. I didn't even notice that until you say something. And once you see it, it's so funny. It is. It's, it, and it is um, It's a, a product of us watching the film over and over and over and, and sitting with the film. Like, I'm sitting with a chunk of this week. I'm sitting with a 15-minute chunk of Sharknado for six days. Oh, watching it over and over and over again (laughs) and so i see everything that's going on in the in the um uh screen and in the editing and uh you know our temptation is to get too minute but something like that was just that's a gimme and that was perfect yeah yeah yeah, it worked Uh, out perfectly now i know we uh we had mentioned or you had mentioned starship troopers earlier on uh which actually came about by means of a kickstarter project Right. Uh, yes, it did. It and, was amazing. And it was originally supposed to be the Twilight film, but you guys were unable to secure the rights to that. We here's this is the crazy thing. Uh, uh, thanks to the good um, will of our fans, we raised. We asked for fifty five thousand. We raised two hundred and forty something. Wow. We brought that to um, uh, the studio that um, owns Twilight, and they said no. They didn't want a quarter million dollars of our fans' money 
to uh, license this thing. Yeah. So, you know, what can I say? Starship Troopers was perfect. It, uh, it, uh, it fulfilled the need we had. Someday, I'm hoping, because I think it would be the ultimate experience, I'm going to put on a tuxedo for it. <laughs> Someday I'm hoping that we'll be able to riff Twilight in the theater live nationwide like we've been doing. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of think that Starship Troopers actually turned out a little bit better in the long run, mainly because of the participation of people like Casper Van Dien and Neil Patrick yeah. Harris and Dina. Wasn't they that were, great? They were yeah. tweeting about it. And I think Neil even went to go see it out in L.A., um, yeah, I mean, I, you would have never got that from Kristen Stewart or Robert Pattinson or anybody else that was in Twilight. So. No, they'd be home brooding and sitting in the dark. Yes, so that's exactly. What they do, right. So I think yeah. Starship, Tro- Starship Troopers actually turned out a little bit better for you guys in the long run because they got so much more promotion out of it just from the cast of the movie. It's true. Yeah, we had all kinds of uh, of the um, folks from the movie doing that, uh, including Jake Busey, and I was yeah. so happy to hear it. The funny thing is, he was tweeting like mad before the movie, uh, before the live show began, and then I noticed he was really quiet afterwards, so I got a little scared. <laughs> he, might just, yeah, he might have just been sitting watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing too hard to type in. So, uh, and the other good sport, I'll just say, Adina Meyer, who was, um, she played Dizzy, that's the, the, the love that gets uh, ill giant but yeah um, she did the whole thing and she was a really good sport you know because we were we were relentless with some of these folks particularly um uh her and jake you know due to his teeth we made a lot of fun of his teeth yeah and, <laughs> yes. and the other guy who turned out to be a, a good sport is clancy brown who was you know he's a great character actor you've seen him in a lot of things he was in highlander and then you see that face in in uh um, Starship Troopers and say, oh yeah, he's in this and he's in that and he's in the other thing. And he was a great sport about it. He seems to be just a terrific guy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I know I was actually on vacation during that uh, when that one came about and uh, my friend who I was on vacation with, we actually ended up driving about 35 minutes away from where we were just to find a theater wow. to go see it. You so. get a medal, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love going to them. They're they're just so much fun. And Thank you. Um you know, and they're, they're a full-on experience. I mean, it's not just when you go in, you don't just go in and you see the movie. You guys, you have music by the Riftones playing before the, <laughs> before the movie. The screens that you have up, on, like the pre-movie screens that you have up with the absolutely absurd movie trivia and quotes yeah. are hysterical. Yeah. They get the audience laughing before the show yep. even starts. Thanks, yeah. It's a perfect warm-up. Um, that's our writers, Kana Lestalka and, um, and Sean Thomason. Um, are the, they're the younger ones of us, uh, the people who get what the hell's going on in the world right now. Um, and they write those pre-show slides, and people have started showing up early so that they can see the pre-show. Oh, I'm one and of them. And that's great, because it's the ultimate warm-up act. It's yeah. the best warm-up act we could possibly have, because it, it hails back to when I was a kid and going to the movies, where you'd have these trivia slides that would just roll by with some innocuous music. And uh, and so it's it's sort of the same thing, except we have spun it around and turned it on its head and made it goofy. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I will actually take pictures of them with my phone just so I can go back and read them <laughs> later. Uh, oh, I love you. So, I love you. Um, but I know we mentioned in July you guys have Sharknado coming out uh, on July 15th, and then you're going to do a second uh, July, uh, July, 10th. July 10th, and then you're going to do a second showing on the 15th. That's correct, uh, yep. Usually you're at but the, the live one. Is, yeah. yeah, usually you're at the Belcourt Theater, but this time you're actually in Minneapolis. Well, it's funny. Um, Mike Nelson, after many years in San Diego, where uh, the Rift Tracks um, Tech HQ still is, 
um, moved back to Minnesota. He's originally from the Midwest, and, and his wife Bridget is also uh, from the. She's actually from Minnesota, and uh, and he moved back. I think he'd been he's got sort of fed up with the Southern California um, weirdness, and moved back here. And of course, he moved back during the worst winter in Minnesota's <laughs> history. And he said it was like three quarters. It was in it was in April, and it was still you know like fifteen degrees and we had freezing rain and sleet and snow and he said what the hell did i do (laughs) um but he's here and that's why we're doing it here is because the three of us are back here in town and this is where we started and we actually um uh back in the mystery science theater days we did two um live shows one that we did um, and we did it at the State Theater where we're going to be doing it this time, and it's a beautiful theater. It's a, actually a terrific place to see a movie. Um, so it's, it is sort of like a homecoming for us, we think, after all this time, because, boy, that was almost 20 years ago that we did that live show at the State Theater. So yeah. um, wow. it's really going to be fun to be in front of a hometown crowd and, uh, and do this. It's going to be great. Well, one of these days, I will get to where you guys are doing it live, no matter where it is. And I will see one live in well, person. You are welcome. You are welcome. Philadelphia would be, would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. No, so you guys are in uh, Pennsylvania? Or in, in Philly? Yeah. yeah Philadelphia, Philadelphia area. Cool. Cool. So, uh, now, I know uh, one last – I know we're getting ready to wrap things up. But before um, we do that, we can't go without mentioning the Kickstarter project that you have going on right now. Um, oh, thank you. You've already raised the money to do Godzilla in August, yes. the 1998 yes. version of Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, which I cannot wait. Yes. But you, <laughs> you, you've since extended that as into a stretch auction, as you're calling it, that if you can get to $250,000, right. $250, you're going to be able to do Anaconda in October. That's right. Yes, we are. Yeah. And I, 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 Anaconda is just it's so near and dear to my heart. Um, I can't tell you. And I think it's just <laughs> – I, I, I think about it. I mean, it's got John Boyd. J-Lo, yeah. Ice Cube, yeah. Owen Wilson. <laughs> I forgot Eric Owen Wilson Stoltz, was in that. Eric Stoltz, you know, who was there with John Travolta plunging the needle into his girlfriend's, into uh, Uma Thurman's uh, chest yeah, in Pulp, um, Pulp, Fiction. Pulp Fiction. And um, and Danny Trejo. You know, you, you can't beat it. It's it's it's, a, it's an all-star cast. That yeah. is an all-star cast. Yeah. And I think last I checked, you guys were up to, I think, about 175000 yeah, just about 175,000 right now. So we're crossing our fingers, and we're hoping we really want to make this work. And uh, and so we'll be uh, we'll be bugging people as much as possible. Anybody who hasn't done it, but you know, I, I'm thinking that we have a great lineup between now and uh, that show is going to be on October 30th. And it's this will help us have just a really kick-ass year of these live shows. And it's it's pretty amazing and humbling that this has happened so far because we're now getting movies that we only dreamed when we first started doing the live shows back in, uh, when we did plan nine, you know, like six years ago now. Yeah. Um, just about, um, we never dreamed that we'd be able to get films like this. And it's, it's through Kickstarter, which is such an amazing, uh, thing. Uh, it's, Truly, just through Kickstarter, we've been able to do this and the goodwill of our fans. Yeah, I mean, considering how fast you guys were able to raise the 100000 for Godzilla, I, 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 th- I got a good feeling you guys would be able to do Anaconda in October. Well, thank you. I'm going to keep uh, whoring myself out in order to make this happen. <laughs> well, you yeah. already, you already and, did get some of my money, so I've already... Oh, God bless. So. And, and, and the Godzilla timing is perfect because with the new movie that just came out, it reminded everybody how pretty terrible the 98 version was. <laughs> You know there is a, a you know a more recent than the law, 
the uh, Matthew Broderick era Godzilla in in the film. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful uh, thing. Yeah. Um, well, I know we get, we're getting ready to we're getting to the end of our time, but uh, just before we end our interviews, what we like to do is we do what we call our rapid fire questions. Uh, okay. They're just a couple questions that we're just going to throw your way. They're pretty easy questions. You don't have to. A lot of people tend to get nervous about them for some reason. Nope. So I'm I'm totally stream of consciousness. It might get loud and dirty. I'm just going to warn. Hey, we're fine with that. <laughs> That's okay. okay. Uh, first one is what's been your favorite movie to riff, either riff tracks or mystery science theater? Oh wow, uh, Twilight. Nice. <laughs> uh, what movie haven't you riffed yet that would be your dream movie to riff? Oh wow, it's that we've we've gotten to do so many. I want to do uh, on a live show. Um, uh, ben Affleck is Daredevil. Oh, that oh, would that be fantastic. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and last one, you, you've obviously worked with a number of celebrities. What celebrity would you like to riff a movie with? Oh, any one of them who's been with us so far. Um, but Paul F. Tompkins is probably my number one. Paul F. Okay. Tom- Paul F. Tompkins is fantastic. Um, I know he, he joined is. you guys with, uh, was it Manos, the live show? Or um, was it... He- he snuck on during House on Haunted Hill, that, I think it was. Yeah, I, I know it was one of them. I couldn't remember. They all tend yeah, to blend yeah. together now. So, yeah. I mean, we've done these. We've done these. Um, uh, occasionally, done these shows uh, during um, the San Francisco Sketch Fest um, at the Castro Theater, and we've we've done it with um, with Paul F. with John Hodgman, um, with Kristen Schaal, who was just fantastic. Yeah. She was great. Andy Richter, David Cross, um, Bob Odenkirk. Um, we've just been able to you know avail ourselves to these incredible like heroes, comic heroes of ours. And that's been really fun. So, and and Weird Al, who is, yeah. which is really incredible. And I think you've yeah. got, you guys have even done a studio MP3 one with NPH before. I think Neil Patrick Harris has done one. With you. Did uh, Willie and Weird Al did Jurassic Park with Mike? That's a pretty wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, going back to Paul F. Tompkins, he's local to Philly. The Philly guy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So always love to hear. <laughs> the bastard has moved out to L.A., but, you know, what can you do? What yeah. a sellout. Yeah. No, I know, I know. No, so I, I love him I, dearly. So, Well, we definitely want to send people to the Kickstarter page. Uh, they can find all the information on your Kickstarter page on your page, which is www.rifftracks.com. Tracks, T-R-A-X. Um, they can follow you on Twitter at Rifftracks, or they can follow you personally, K.W. Murphy, on Twitter. Yep. Um, yep. Sharknado is going to be July 10th with a second show, the live show July 10th with a second show in July 15th and yep. Godzilla is going to be one night only August 15th that's right so, uh, I already have my, and uh, you said Anaconda if you reach the uh, the goal which I believe you will, will be October 30th that's correct Okay. I know I already have my tickets to, to Sharknado, I'm just waiting for tickets to go on sale for uh, for Godzilla So. I Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm a fan. I've been a fan, and I will probably almost always be a fan. So, Well, I appreciate it. We will try our best to keep your fandom. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. This was definitely uh, – I don't use the word lightly, but this was, this was kind of an honor for me. Oh, cool. Well, it was my pleasure, and thanks for having me on. Uh, to everybody listening, we thank you for joining us this evening. Be sure to check us out, www.nextlevelradioonline.com. Follow us on Twitter, at NXT Level Radio. Uh, you can hear a recap of the interview on our, on our live show every Sunday night, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And until then, we will see you around the bend. Take care.